watching all movies with Rebecca and Jason. Are you gonna love them or hate them? Here comes the binge. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Binge Movie Podcast, in which a couple of proud homos review the latest movie theater releases from our own queer-ass perspectives. I am Jason Leroy. I'm Rebecca Olarte, and today we're going to look at three movies, The Fits, Tikkun, and Parched. And as always, we're going to rate these on a three-tiered scale, with Binge It being our highest rating. Consume in moderation means it's okay, but it's kind of meh. And Send It Back means... Life's too short for that mess. That is total mess jason it has been too long mm-hmm. um i don't even know where to start i guess i'll just ask what's up with you well thank you it's been so long since i've heard you ask me that um i want to start off by saying that you guys may have noticed that we're talking about smaller movies this week uh we decided to take a break from all the summer blockbusters and just 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 really just bro down with you guys about some indies and some boring films so that is this week's a theme um, and then I think it might be our theme next week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's by choice. You guys love, right? Sometimes it's by choice, and sometimes it is uh, fate. It's just the bigger picture, just forcing my hand. Uh, and guys, I am back from Europe. Yay. I I made it, and uh, and and this is actually Rebecca and I have been together for the last three hours. And you guys might think that I already told her all of my stories, <laughs> but she actually just asked me now how my For trip the first was. Time. <laughs> because first we were at a movie, and then there was a big basketball game that she was watching, and yep. guys, was she watching it? Cavs won. <laughs> we're going to game seven. Very exciting things happening for Rebecca tonight. Very exciting. I'm in a great mood and I want to hear all about your trips, but like not too long because we have a podcast. I know. I need to I need to focus. Well, I will say that my concern that I outlined on this show before I left about the weather being a greater fear <laughs> than terrorism, it I was validated. You were. I was absolutely vindicated in that because Paris had the worst flooding it's had in a century. Weren't they like moving art out of the Louvre? Yeah, out of the Louvre and uh, and the Musée d'Orsay was closed and the Louvre was closed the entire time we were there because they were so close to sea level. And so they they were just like, nope, nope, nope. We can't have people going in and out of there because even if the water starts to pour into the basement, you know, we need to be able to have just the staff in there moving the artwork out. So... Uh, so yeah, it was, uh, it was a quite a time to be in Paris. <laughs> uh, so my timing remains impeccable, nice. uh, for trips to Paris and, uh, and yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, movie stuff. Uh, I got to see the new Woody Allen movie Cafe Society while I was there cause it's oh. already open in Paris. So suck it press screening. I don't need to see you. I, I mean, I'll still want it. I'll still want it. Okay. Well, I'll yeah. go with you then. Right? I'll talk, I'll talk. Um, and I saw, I went to the film museums of Berlin and Paris. Ooh. Berlin's was way better, which was a little surprising to hmm. me. Um, the, yeah, the Parisian one was kind of like, mm, not super exciting. They did have a Gus Van Sant exhibit, um, <laughs> exhibition passing through, which was. That was just a live sex show you happened to see. It was just, on. yeah, they're like, yeah, it was just a bunch of like, like, you know, grifters from Portland, you know, <laughs> just kind of like, you know, mopily jorking each other off. So it was very <laughs> Gus Van Sant. Um, which I, you know, pay good money for, so it was worth it. But uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. And in the weather, was it mostly actually kind of held off? The damage was done before we got there. Oh, good. Um, and I spoke enough French while we were in Paris to, you know, kind of order food, so that was helpful. Nice. 
and uh yeah it was it was it was a good time it was a good time um so all the pictures are up on my instagram and my facebooks and all those things so thanks to those of you who follow me on those and followed along and did not unfollow me because <laughs> I know there's nothing worse than just going to work every day and looking at your Instagram and seeing people on vacation. Yeah, that's terrible. Every other week out of the year, I'm in that boat. But for these past two, I was the asshole. <laughs> and I You'll wore... always be the asshole to me. Thank you, Rebecca. You're welcome. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I've been back for... T- it's Thursday night as we're taping this. We got back Monday night. And I feel like my jet lag is done. You still keep speaking French to everyone, which is kind of a jerk move. Uh, wait, alors, uh, you know, c'est quoi je fais maintenant? Here we go. Qu'est-ce que tu veux? Um, see, I mean, you baited me into this. You I just did. baited me into assholeism. It's <laughs> <laughs> just what you do as my co-host. Uh, so anyway, um, that is what is up with me in a tiny little nutshell. Um, Rebecca, what's up with you? Um, thank you for asking. What you make? What you do with your time that you had back to yourself in your own life uh, I while I was gone? So many fascinating things. Ooh. Um, but so I promised at the last episode that basketball season would be over by the time you came back, and as we see, it's not. There's one more game after this. Fucking liar. We watch one today, and then um, so I am from Cleveland, so I'm a fan of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they were in town last week um, for their game uh, against the Warriors here in Oakland and. San Francisco and uh, my wife and I stalked them we got a room at the Four Seasons which is where they stay and uh, hung out at the bar I was wearing my little Cavs hat and we ended up meeting a bunch of the players uh, LeBron James told my wife her tattoo was awesome um, it was really we got to shake hands and it was really quite a time LeBron James star of Trainwreck as yeah. I know him best <laughs> exactly so I met a movie star oh my dash God. basketball player did you ask what Amy Schumer was like I did not <laughs> come on do you host a movie podcast or not I you know barely at this point <laughs> during the end of the basketball season barely um, but that was probably the most interesting thing I did while you were gone um, shall we to the movies I guess we shall we Let's shall back in the saddle guys right in um, so the first movie that we're going to review is uh, The Fits which is the pick of the week pick of the week pick of the week pick 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 is the pick, pick of, of the week, week. While training at the gym, 11-year-old tomboy Tony becomes entranced with a dance troupe. As she struggles to fit in, she finds herself caught up in danger as the group begins to suffer from fainting spells and other violent fits. So are you ready? Are you ready to uh, be in the reign of Royalty Hightower, who is the star of this movie? Yeah, she is. Look out, Quaventione Wallace. You are a pile of shit compared to Royalty mm-hmm. Hightower. <laughs> Wow. Yes, coming in strong, coming in hot. Wow. Now this is a star-making performance from a young African-American girl. All praise Royalty Hightower. What a remarkable little star. She was amazing. Uh, this is a So this is a movie, um, it's unlike another movie I've seen. Again, that's why you were suggesting it should be the pick of the week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's very short. It's 72 minutes. Yes, um, succinct. Very succinct. Um, but it feels like a... It feels like a full movie. It doesn't feel that short. Yeah, I don't feel like when you watch this movie, you're like, well, that should have been longer. No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, not in a bad way. (laughs) Not in a well, well, thank Christ that ended when it did. Like, it it tells, it does, it it has a very, it has a vision, and it realizes that vision in the running time that it needs it to realize it in. Yeah, it doesn't fall to like, it needs to be a short, or it needs to be... 
uh, longer than this. It is kind of an in-between length. I mean, I think, like, I wonder if they were, like, under 70 minutes and they were like, we can't be under 70 minutes and be a theatrical release. Something else needs to happen. Yeah, we need to throw in some extra montage. Um, I feel like other movies should take a clue. Yes, Don't. such as the other two movies on the show this week. <laughs> For instance, right? Could have taken some some inspiration from how uh, succinct this film tells its story. Um, all 72 minutes are beautiful. This movie starts off with some... I mean, it's all, it's all filmed in like a gymnasium. Yeah, a, a community center. Um, but it's it's gorgeous. It's... It, the composition of every shot it's is It's one exquisite. of those every frame of every paint, frame of painting kind of situations. Absolutely. And like, remember whenever indie movies all looked like shit? Yes. Yeah. And now indie movies look better than studio movies. Oh, beautiful. And I guess that's just, you know, advancements in like digital, you know, recording technology or mm-hmm. something. Um, but like, you know, even, but even just the actual composition, which you could do in the 90s too. Right. The composition is better. Everything's better. Any movies, like all three movies that we're reviewing this week, are small movies, mm-hmm. and each of them is so strikingly beautiful in yeah, its that own is way. Definitely the common thread in these. They are all mm-hmm. they're very different, very um, different visually. Some um, are very bright and saturated. Some are black right, and you have white. A, you have a muted color film, a very bright color film, and a black and white film, mm-hmm. and uh, all three are just ravishingly shot. Um, and this one, you were saying it could look like. B-roll for lemonade. That's a, the highest compliment that Jason can give. Yes, yes. I mean, like, I mean, were, did you not have that thought? Did you I not didn't, think, actually. You're like, no, racist. I did not <laughs> look at black women and automatically think it was going to be in lemonade. No, I did not. Whenever whenever there's the inevitable, like, athletic, the athletic inspo video for freedom, then I feel like they could use a lot of, mm. the, a lot of the footage from this movie. Yeah, it would be quite very inspirational. Very inspirational. So you have this young girl, and she's training to be a boxer uh, like her brother, and then she kind of ends up peeking out and seeing there's a dance troupe that also mm-hmm. is in this community center. And she kind of starts to try out for the group, and it's, it's kind of a learning curve because she still holds herself in a very, like, boxer-like way. It's a very quiet film mm-hmm. i think you could the dialogue you can hold in your hand it's yeah there's there like i, I was thinking like was there a script you know right. like it, it, there's there's so little like the dialogue all feels incidental yeah it all feels like just kind of the just, just like a very casual informal exchange between people who are just passing through the screen and that's it and it's also kind of tricky when you have like the, it's a lot of youth actors i think there's mm-hmm. like one adult in the entire movie she's like yeah. leads the dance troupe mm-hmm. other than that it's just like conversations between kids and it's so natural it feels so natural it feels so real mm-hmm. uh yeah there's no you're not watching any like acting going on mm-hmm. um yeah. But then it starts to take kind of like a horror feel to it. Yes. Uh, which is unexpected. Completely um, unexpected. Except for you'll expect it because we're telling you. <laughs> um, but, but when I watched it, and perhaps when Rebecca watched it, we did not know. And the turn that it takes was really giving me a vibe of kind of like It Follows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I could see that. Yeah, I yep. was getting like an It Follows vibe from it. And I was like, whoa, okay. Because again, it's like a naturalistic horror movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's about this kind of this thing you know it's about a, a group of young people it's filmed in a similar way to um to it follows in terms of like just the sort of muted colors mm-hmm. and like the tracking shots and just the kind of stillness and silence uh and uh and then yeah we're just watching this this kind of this disorder these seizures these fits kind of claim one girl after another it doesn't kill them Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very scary what happens and you know everyone just kind of stands around watching and you know everyone's buzzing about it 
It's because it's like a very seizures are like a very violent mm-hmm. seizures are very scary. Yes, um, it's this like uncontrollable violent motion of the body that's unlike passing out or something. Right. It's that that's like yeah, Rebecca's dancing at my wedding. Yeah, <laughs> you loved it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, your mom loved it. Yeah, she did. Uh, um, yeah, it's and then you're watching this movie and you're like, okay, well, like obviously this isn't a movie about seizures, no. you know? Like, <laughs> what is this? What is this about? What, yeah. what is this? Are the is this about? Is this going to turn into like a horror movie about like demons, or is it, it going like to be the like witch? yeah? Is it like the witch or like what is this? Okay, it's like probably not. So what's this a metaphor for? Mm-hmm. And uh, what did you think about that? So so the one part that kind of threw me off when I was thinking about that was that they made some allusions to. The fact that it could be the water in the school. So yeah, like, oh, like very Flint provocative. In there. Very provocative to have. And then that. I was trying to think of like when, what, how move, how long movies take to make, and like was mm-hmm. that you know part of the dialogue right. going into the movie, or was it made earlier? And sometimes these smaller ones get made years before. I think Parch was like came out in 2015 in some places of the world, mm-hmm. so it's been there for a while. So I'm not exactly sure if that was like a chicken or an egg situation. Sure. Um, but that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, but I'd also read which I don't like to do, but I did, mm-hmm. um, that the director had been reading a lot about the societies where you hear about these like um, uh, epidemics of like female hysteria mm. and the things that cause it in like this hierarchy mm-hmm. of, of women and um, kind of unintentionally following suit. Right. So I was thinking of it that way, kind of like as a study of like how people interact in, in a group and something's yeah. happening, especially because it's like the more uh, gifted dancers kind of get it first and it starts mm-hmm. to trickle down amongst yeah. the other girls. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, it does start with the gifted dancers. And, you know, it is very sociological watching the movie, you know, because we're watching this outsider. She's sort of a gender outsider. Mm-hmm. And even among the girls her own age, even among the prepubescent girls, she is, you know, she, they call her guns. You know, mm-hmm. she hangs out with the guys. She is, there's a guy side and there's a girl side, the community center. The guys are all boxing. The girls are all dancing. Mm-hmm. And so you have these very like gendered performances going on on both sides. And Tony, our, our heroine is, is, is more of a tomboy. Um, but then, you know, she sees the girls and she sees that they have their own power and their own athleticism. Mm-hmm. And she sees the boys watching them and she isn't quite, you know, you're not seeing, she's not registering like, oh, I want boys to look at me like that. Like, that's not where she's at with it. Mm-hmm. But she's just aware. You just like see that she can sense something flying back and forth over her head and she's yeah. not quite sure what it is. And that's part of why her performance is so amazing because like she barely speaks, but you always know where she's at with this and like mm-hmm. where she's at in this whole journey of what she's, of what she's questioning. And, and to me, it was the whole movie was just about these like female rites of passage mm. mm-hmm. because then this starts to divide her from the rest of the girls mm-hmm. as more and more of them have this experience. And, you know, so it becomes a lot like, you know, getting your first period right. or um, losing your virginity, uh, just different female rites of passage during the teen years. Um, and she, you know, doesn't want to have this thing happen to her. And there's even like there's one her one friend has it happen and then she's like well she wanted it to happen mm-hmm. and there's and, that one point where, where the one girl's like is that the boyfriend disease yeah the boyfriend disease exactly and at first i was like is this about like pregnancy because mm-hmm. like one that one that older girls is like having a like, pregnancy scare at the beginning and uh but yeah i mean i think it really lets you read into it whatever you want to about um you know what the disease represents but it's something that as a young girl, as like a girl who's like just about to start crossing over into pubescence, that she, it could represent a number of things that young girls are scared of. Yeah. Looking ahead, when young girls look at older girls, 
then and they're scared of like oh they're scared of like oh they have to like they have boobs and they have to wear makeup and they have to have be with boys and and they're getting their periods and just all these things mm-hmm. you know so I felt like it, the movie was such a unique. Tell art. me more about that. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm now man. I'm now mansplaining um, female puberty, femininity too. Yeah, I'm like I'm like Rebecca when a girl hits a certain age. It's uh, 36, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're almost there. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I've been noticing. I've been noticing the hair. Uh, <laughs> mean to talk to you about that. Uh, so uh, yeah, I thought it was such an artful, unique, creative way to um, you know, because it is kind of like a horror movie. You mm-hmm. can see, and there, yeah, it's not the first horror movie to be made about you know about the female you know developments. Like Carrie, right? Pauline Kael famously said was one giant period joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, so this is kind of like this very artful, small little film about like the horror show that is young womanhood. <laughs> it's haunting. The movie hung with me for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, left me feeling a little unresolved. And part of it might be, I was wondering if it was going to bother you that she was like kind of trying to embrace the more like the, the feminine gender performance. No, I wasn't putting that on it. I didn't okay. have a, I didn't, wasn't assuming that it was going to be this kind of like girl fight mm-hmm. thing. Um, if anything, I found it more interesting the way that she was able to kind of bridge the gap between mm-hmm. the movements. Oh, that's the other thing. Like her, not only her acting as far as like, her expressions and like the limited dialogue she delivers that is great but like the way she moves right so she mm-hmm. boxes in half the movie and then she like does this kind of like i don't know what that dancing it's it's like kind of like team dance mm-hmm. uh group dance very bring it on yeah style um is so good and so there's like and and as they kind of go through these fits there's also like a dance there's a lot of body motion a lot of body acting that is really amazing Yes. Yeah. We see a lot of, you know, girls who are just there to dance and are not really playing characters and they were cast for their dancing abilities mm-hmm. and they're incredible to watch. And even watching the physical, the arc that, that Tony has physically mm-hmm. from when she first starts trying to dance and the way she, all she can hit is the punches. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, and like she doesn't understand that it's supposed to be like a little girly sexy punch. Mm-hmm. And so she punches too hard every time. And, you know, she just wants to compete. I think she says at one point, like to her, it's all just one big competition that she wants to win. Right. Uh, it so. is a competitive dance team. Mm-hmm, yeah. Exactly. Who then they're like uh, the, the reigning champs or whatever. Yeah, the lionesses. The lionesses. Which felt very lemonade. <laughs> so this is the pick of the week. Um, see it. Go see the fits. <laughs> uh, it's out now and it's not rated, but it would probably get like a PG-13 for thematic stuff. That sounds I, right. I would think. Uh, so that brings us to our second movie, uh, which is Tikkun. An ultra-Orthodox scholar is revived after dying for 40 minutes. After coming back to life, he suddenly feels a strange awakening in his body and suspects that God is testing him. So, as opposed to The Fits, this movie runs 120 minutes. And I felt every one of those 120 minutes. Then I was like, am I losing my tolerance for art films? Is Snapchat turning my brain to mush? I think this is just, I mean, yes. Damn it! (laughs) Obviously, I was going to talk to you after I talked to you about the hair. I was going to talk to you about the mushy brain. <laughs> you and came back from here with all these things. And the over reliance on Snapchat. Well, you know, any asshole goes to here and comes back and says, "Well, the thing about Americans is," <laughs> so I have a long list of those to go through with you. This is just a long, slow ass movie. Uh, that's I think it's not it's not just <laughs> you. Um, it's just fucking long and slow, and you don't necessarily know what the hell you're watching um, for yeah. a good chunk of it. And, uh, and even, you know, it, it is beautifully filmed in black and white, um, but it's about Orthodox Jews and uh, not, not, not the world's most cinematic looking people. <laughs> <laughs> Let's throw that out there. 
Uh, uh. So, <laughs> so it's as you wasting this beautiful photography on these people. <laughs> God I tell you, not great Jason, to watch. Not easy. We didn't. Easy. We didn't practice. Not this easy first. on the eyes. Um. Yeah. What did you? So I. I generally like movies about like extreme religion. I like movies about mm-hmm. I like stories about uh, Orthodox Judaism, and I do. I really do. Trying to balance I, me the out. Shows. No, I'm, I'm, I was really what I was going to get. What I was going to lead with, but oh. then I now it just looks like I'm trying to <laughs> not sound like as big of an asshole as you are. But I swear this is true. You never could. Always very interested, and I was looking forward to this movie for that reason. And then it hit me that. I, 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 I sort of stopped looking at it as something I'm interested in and just this like system that is so there's, there's this guy and he um, is he's in uh, yeshiva he's studying so hard he's not eating he's not drinking water he's just studying 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 um, and eventually that and, and some uh, an accident happens and he he dies uh, he's brought back to life and he sort of by starts to change by his father um, who is a kosher butcher Mm-hmm. Um, and he starts to kind of he's like suddenly awakened to the world around him a little bit um, but he's still in these strict confines of this is in uh, Israel it's in Jerusalem in like a, yeah it's in like a very uh, religious area of Jerusalem which <laughs> it's like the hottest <laughs> it's part called, of the it's fire. called Jerusalem yeah <laughs> um, but I was just like this uh, this isn't like an interesting tale to me this is just a system that is ruining this guy that he can't talk to women he can't do yeah. anything this isn't like this isn't uh, a, like a quaint slice of a different kind of life. This is just terrible. Yeah, I know. I felt the same way. And I was worried that like, I was like trying to figure out how to say that without just being like, well, the thing about this is that the religion is terrible. Right. Uh, I mean, it was just like you're ruining you this guy's that? life. Exactly. You're like... just watching it. Like, that's why I can't, I can't deal with movies about Orthodox Judaism. I feel like there are always these artsy black and white movies about Orthodox Judaism. Mm-hmm, and I'm mm-hmm. like, no, it's like my least favorite kind of movie <laughs> is this exact movie. <laughs> and, you know, you're just watching and you're just like, because it's all about elders. It's all about always. like, it's all, all just a bunch of old, ugly, fucking old men yep. with long beards mm-hmm. standing around going, no, 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 and just shaking just their fingers at things. judgment oh, on yeah. everything all oh, the yeah. time. Ugh. So, I mean, it's such a fucking bummer and such a downer every time. And, you know, and, and this was just more of that. And so, yeah, we have this younger guy uh, who is, you know, on this kind of journey where he is, you know, he's brought back. The thing it reminded me of, I was like, this is basically like the Orthodox Jewish version of when Buffy comes back from the dead. Um, mm. but, but she comes back wrong. And so, you know, he comes back wrong. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and then so, you know, we're, we're on, on the one store we have with him. He doesn't know what, you know, he feels just weird and he's more aware of his body, more and more interested in the world, like the sacred world or the secular world, rather. Mm-hmm. And there's that contrast between, you know, sort of like the sacred and the carnal. And um, and then his father is sort of like the B story is uh, becomes convinced that he broke God's will by bringing his son back. So the whole thing feels like a parable. The whole thing feels like a very sort of like Old Testament fable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which, you it's know. very Abraham. Yeah. And it's sort of like, it's just a weird, it's just like, oh, Isaac? Into it, it, the point, yeah, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and, you know, those dudes. But... <laughs> is that the Mumford and Sons? <laughs> <laughs> yes um, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob Mumford um, And the thing it, It's the a thing kind that's... of fable oh, that, sorry. It's a kind of fable where you're like But what's the fucking point though? Exactly Like it doesn't feel like there's anything new to say Because like ultimately the fable does seem to be about Like yeah, he did break God's will Like yeah, now his son's like a weird fucking creepy Jewish zombie <laughs> 
That's the thing. I was so goes around doing very bad things at the roadside. As he starts like continuing on this like exploration of what the world is like, he's still so um, not developed as a person. Right. Okay, or stunted, which is the better way of saying that. <laughs> he is so stunted that I it was like I my wife fell asleep when I was watching it and she was like I was she's like what happened and I was like oh he almost died and then he he's starting to like explore and she's like oh did he like get a leather jacket and stuff and I was like no I fucking wish he barely does anything he's just weird in other places yeah. he doesn't do anything he can't go anywhere right there's nothing he can't talk to people he does some light fingering he uh, uh, yeah that's but, there's yeah. a there's a motif of yes. uh, <laughs> frontal nudity yes yes and guys a boner alert there is a boner in this movie. I don't feel like that's like the kind of alert you want to... I don't boner know. alert. You make it sound like it's like worth watching the movie for. I'm just letting you guys know there's a boner in this movie. I'm not saying that means you should watch it. I'm just alerting you that there is a literal boner on screen in this movie. It belongs to the main actor. And it's his actual boner. And I, I gasped out loud in my office. I was sitting at work watching this and suddenly there's like this big boner on my monitor. And your I'm boss like, walks by and like, I knew it. I know. I'm just like, no, no, no. I'm like, this is not like the porn boners I'm usually looking no, at. This is in my this w- is wallpaper. Art, this is an art boner. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was in it because it's not the first time you see his penis in the movie. And at first when you see he takes like one of these like sacred baths at the yeshiva. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, I feel kind of like titillated by this contrast between like the sacred man and now he's naked. And then there's this boner. I was not ready for the boner. Um, but, you know, all said, I'm I'm cool. I'm good with the boner being there. And I feel like the exchange he got for showing his boner mm. is he gets to finger a lady later in the movie. But Which under very disturbing circumstances. Very just, disturbing. Could not be less erotic. Um, and it's just a really, uh, which in that part I had to watch on the goddamn bus. So <laughs> that part was definitely one I almost texted you doing was like, I'm so glad we're not watching this together. God, that would have been awful. <laughs> oh my God. Um, that, uh, that, and that whole scene, that part where it goes down, like it's very, a lot of the movie is very like, um, ne- realistic. It takes place in their apartment or in school. And then mm. it kind of goes into this dream sequence, well, which a lot of it, I feel like, is very blurred between reality. Yeah, that's I mean, oh right. Oh, that is that bring you to your trigger warning? Oh, <laughs> yes. It's all should, you, my friend. Shouldn't be laughing, guys. Trigger warning. Um, the for those who are feeling um, oh, who are, are feeling maybe a little raw about the third of three horrible things that happened in Orlando in the last week, the alligator attack. Um, there is an alligator attack in this movie, mm-hmm. um, and it comes from a toilet gator, mm. um, in one of the movie's other recurring motifs, which is hashtag toilet nightmares. <laughs> and, uh, there's just this ongoing thing where the dad keeps fucking dozing off on the shitter and having these like <laughs> insane religious nightmares where like alligators are like jumping out of the toilet and telling him that he violated God's plan. Which, I mean, like, when you eat late at night, you have weird dreams. I don't know. <laughs> it's like know. that Cosby show where he eats that sandwich at night and then all those puppets talk to him. Except it's a kosher butcher with an alligator, toilet alligator. Yeah, just a, just, just a pretty classic toilet gator situation. And, uh, and Also, he was, like, smoking on the can, which I feel like is what you do if you're not allowed to have a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, is this what happens in parts of the world where you don't get to, like, if you're of the faith that doesn't let you have technology, you just have to smoke on the shitter all the time? <laughs> but no, it honestly, it felt very, it, it gave me, like, Lars von Trier vibes. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, in Antichrist, there is that decomposing fox that says chaos reigns. Mm-hmm. And this was a toilet gator that says, quote, great fury is upon you. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't so, actually talk. No, yeah, it just kind of like hisses, and yeah. then there's like suddenly there's like a subtitle. Yeah, they're putting words in this gator's mouth that are not actually there. There were uh, points in this movie where I thought it was a comedy. Yeah, it has some funny bits. Yeah, I mean, like even the boner scene um, made me laugh because so guys, the setup is he's standing. This is right before he dies. He's standing, and this is the the, the death at the beginning of the movie. He's standing in his shower, and he suddenly just has a boner, and he starts like kind of reaching toward it. And then the shower comes on full blast. Yeah. He screams like a woman. And <laughs> and then he just falls over and hits his head. Yeah. Um, and so that was funny to me. I wasn't sure if that was meant to be funny. <laughs> there's um there's the scene where like all the like fucking old like rabbis are hanging around smoking and there's that guy who's coughing. Oh, coughing yeah. <laughs> and they give him yeah. the dirty look. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not sure. I think that, you know, bits of it are kind of, you know, meant to be darkly funny. Maybe the entire thing is meant to just be sort of like a goof on like how weird Old Testament parables can be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it, it is an Israeli filmmaker. Uh it's a second film by this filmmaker. And I was reading a review today that was saying this is like like a, a great kind of sign for the direction that Israeli cinema is going in and that normally it's been, you know, more recent Israeli films have been more political and this is more uh, like a, you know, more kind of an esoteric kind of, you know, spiritual exploration. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so yay, Israeli cinema, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I felt like it, the, the only part, again, that really annoyed me was was just, just I felt like I had no room for any sympathy for the character um, mm-hmm. or like his situation or anyone other else than, in the movie. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I feel like if the like more artful scenes, uh, the more dreamlike sequences were a little bit shorter, it wouldn't have been bad. It was definitely too long. It it it, it was kind of a drag. Ugh. Otherwise, it, I think it would have been passable. But I'm gonna say this one is a uh, send it back. Yeah, I think I'm gonna do send it back too. I mean, it had moments where like it does have every now and then it'll just shock you with something Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know it'll make you think like oh like this is actually gonna this is gonna start getting good this is gonna start getting interesting but then it doesn't doesn't. then then it just goes right back to just being like a fucking dial tone of a movie yeah but it is beautiful yeah i mean it's 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 great black you know it's it's hard to fuck up black and white cinematography like honestly like it's so many things look good in black and white and um you know it, it is it is well shot this is a movie that if i was not reviewing it if someone just recommended me to watch this movie, I literally would have noped my way out of it three minutes in. <laughs> oh, when they were like it, uh, it killing opens, the cow? Yeah, it opens at the kosher butcher. Yeah. And I'm like, nope, nope. And you just see like the guys with the big fucking beard staying around slashing a cow's neck. I'm like, no, yeah. no, nope, nope, nope. Life's too short. This is like the definition of life's too short. <laughs> so just wait for the bonus screen grabs to hit the internet. You don't need to watch the movie for that. Yeah, guys. this will make great gifts. And you're not going to want to see the vagina scene. You will not want to see it. So, but it is out now uh, and it's not rated, but it would definitely get an NC-17. Yes, for the boner and for the fingering. (laughs) (laughs) And that brings us to the last movie of the week, which was my pick of the week, um, Parched. In a rural landscape of India, we follow the bittersweet tale of four ordinary women who unapologetically talk about men, sex, and life as they struggle with their individual boundaries and face their demons. Ladies! (laughs) (laughs) Um, I came out of this one just thinking 
I think I said this one after Tikkun, and I just was thinking, man, things are rough all over. <laughs> There's no getting away from a struggle. <clears throat> it's when it's been a tough week. God. If um, I had watched this after Tikkun, I would have probably made it my pick of the week too. If I watched it before Tikkun, oh, that could be it. <laughs> after Tikkun, it would have been like, oh, thank God, it would have felt like water in a desert. It was. It was definitely water. It was a. It was a an opening of a window. Yes. Um, but after such a hard week um, with everything that's been going on in the news. And this movie made me feel like, oh, things could be worse, which made me feel worse. <laughs> um, I gave you the dose of liberal shame you were looking for. Yeah, thank you. Um, but is there light at the end of the tunnel for this one, Jason? Is there a, a, an uplifting part of this movie? Uh, yeah, I mean, it has an uplifting ending, I'll say. Uh, so it's not a movie that, uh, you know, it doesn't end bleakly. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it, it the thing that really makes this movie um, palatable is the the friendship that's depicted between its female characters is so vibrant and so mm-hmm. alive and so convincing. You really feel like you're watching actual besties just like hang out in these like very dire situations. Yeah, and I think that's like whenever they're together, their friendship just like lifts them up so much, and then you see them kind of go back to their respective corners, and you're just like ah. Fuck, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like it's really it's jarring. Like just hang out the whole time. Yeah, it's like don't leave each other's sides. Why? Uh, you know, because like a second you do, you're around nothing but crap, awful dudes. Yeah. Whether it's your son or your husband or your manager or whoever. That's uh, a, I guess that's the other reoccurring theme in all these movies is that um, being a woman is terrible. Mm, no, Tikkun doesn't really. I guess it doesn't. I guess it would be um, patriarchy sucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the Fitz doesn't really have. I know, but it's kind of, of a... in there, right? Like, so there's a bit of a. Yeah, I mean, on, like you can you can spin this for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think you know, in the Fitz, you have like, um, like the one of the older basket or one of the older um, boxer dudes is like, oh, those girls are just being crazy, or you know, whatever. Mm. So, and part of the thing that they're all scared of is like having to interact with men and and be you know sort of subjugated to men so sure patriarchy (laughs) across the board uh so no but parched was by far to me the least nuanced in its depiction of like the evils of patriarchy oh right yes definitely um like these are very thinly drawn villainous evil men Mm -hmm. um who are just just tantrum throwing drunk violent rapey nightmares yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, and then the characters, the men who are meant to be sympathetic, are like drawn just as thinly. Mm-hmm. Um, is like you tell that they're not bad because they're the sensitive ones. <laughs> so, and I'm not, and I'm not, you know, like the movie is much more interested in developing its female characters, and I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. I'm all about a movie that's more interested in developing female characters. So, I'm not mad at that, but it was very simplistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was very intrigued. They they do give a lot of dimension to all the female characters. They do. Uh, although the relationship between... So one of the characters, the main... Kind of the main character is a 34-year-old widow who has like a 17-year-old son who she is marrying off. And she's found a bride for him. Um, but then there's a mishap regarding the bride's appearance. And then, and then the mother is sort of at odds with her daughter-in-law for most of the movie. And that was the thing I was waiting for to like... 
I couldn't really enjoy the movie and then go back to a scene of her being awful to her daughter-in-law. Mm. So I feel I, like that was a bit of the nuance of the movie. That Yeah, yeah. It was a very complicated, a very complicated relationship. But I guess I saw where it was going to be going. Sure. And so, but the movie takes so long to get there. Yeah, this is another long one. This one's definitely too long. Oh, my God. And it's, it packs a lot more in than Tikkun does. And this is shorter than mm-hmm, Tikkun by mm-hmm. like eight minutes. But, um, but And it has so much more that happens. This is by far the most broadly appealing and accessible movie of the three that we're Which talking about this week. Which is why it's my pick week. of the week. Right. <laughs> it's very, you know, like it's, it's you know, I don't want to say it's easy to watch because it has some hard scenes, but it's very, it plays like a very accessible, you could see like a Hollywood version of this movie. Um, <laughs> I, Jennifer and it, Gardner. And that's the problem is that we have seen a Hollywood version of this story, you know, in terms of like, you know, this goes back to the tradition of women's picture melodramas from like the 1950s. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, you know, but bunch of bunch of you know female characters who are who suffer radiantly um, at the hands of thinly drawn evil men. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing new in that sense. But this one has just a very specific cultural context that helps us to understand how this would be a, a relevant story in the modern world in this setting. Yeah, I think that that it's interesting. This movie sh- shows pretty clearly. Uh, the divide between, especially in Indian culture, with what their proclaimed values around uh, sex and sexuality, uh, what they are, and what real life there is like. Hmm. So there's this, like, you know, a very, um, uh, I want to say, prudish kind of a, a view to, like, um, any sort of you know pornography or, like, um, showing of, of women, and it's a very patriarchal society. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, it's a very, there's, you know, we've seen in the news there are a lot of accounts of rape, and in this mm-hmm. movie it sort of paints this other picture of what home life is like. Um, so I think that was, a, right. that was an interesting, uh, showcasing that's interesting. In yeah. my work, I see a lot of, um, uh, in one aspect of my work, you see a lot of, like, what is considered um, something that should be censored around the world. Mm. And, and reports of things that here we wouldn't blink an eye at are right. constantly being flagged by people. And it's not just, mm-hmm. like, government down. It's, like, you know, Joe Schmo is right. is saying, like, this is too vulgar. These, this woman shouldn't be kissing. This woman shouldn't be showing her feet. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's pretty extreme oh, yeah. in that context. So, um, or in that way. Um, so just seeing this sort of, like, really clearly again very mm-hmm. obviously drawn for you story of like yeah. what it what what the society says and what the society does yeah um, i thought was really interesting and yeah. a good reminder of like what's happening in the world right now it made me wonder if the movie was even screened in india uh because you know this is a movie that has it has female nudity in it mm-hmm. it has a sex scene uh, i would guess no i mean I, I was just reading something about another movie they just made like kind of progress in terms of mm-hmm. Indian cinema where they it was this movie about a uh, uh, I forgot which uh, region um, but it's about like the drug problem there and mm-hmm. so they like you know sent the movie in to be reviewed and they had taken out like 92 scenes from the movie um, everything that involved drugs or yeah. relating that region to drugs and then they ended up pulling it back again um, and it passed through with only one uh, scene deleted so oh, like wow. they're making progress that way it's like, um, I looked at the MDB for this movie for Parched and like the first user review was like a furious one star review from an Indian um, uh, viewer that was oh, like really? just that was laying into the movie for making the country look bad. Mm, interesting. Uh, so yeah, so there seems to be uh, that that kind of recurring theme of like you know of of, of uh, you know Indian uh, critics of films from within their country that are critical mm-hmm. of the country, make a, as opposed to just these like Bollywood fantasies, which is uh, you know obviously the most popular form of, of film there. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, and this is a very bold movie, and I want to you know it's made by uh, an Indian female director. Mm-hmm. 
and uh and, oh and it's out by wolf video yes and wolf video i was uh, kind of waiting for the big uh lezo yeah. scene the whole time i know this movie has some low-key lesbian stuff very low-key that i was so like i just i was just like so what is this and then they don't ever there's this there's like one scene in particular mm-hmm. um that's very very sapphically sensual if you will <laughs> and then they just don't ever really talk about no, it uh doesn't go anywhere it's such a strange like on the one hand i was like i don't know if this is like regressive or modern <laughs> like are we are, are they are they Past just it or yeah because are they are they so modern that you know they don't think that you know that they're more sophisticated than i in terms of thinking like this doesn't mean anything for our identities mm-hmm. or is it just like regressive where it's sort of like oh because the one character involved in the scene is like i haven't been touched by a man in seven years right. and, and so she was just star for affection and so she is you know has a, a soft tickle of her friend's titty. So I don't know if that's how it oh, works man. out. Yeah, when I saw it was made by Wolf Video, I got out my chutney popcorn and was ready to <laughs> ch- chow down. What? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Damn it. Oh, damn it. <laughs> soon as I said it. soon as I said it. It started off bad and it got worse. <laughs> there was another movie called Chutney Popcorn with... Uh, What's your name? The woman that was in uh, Law and Order. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So there's low key Les stuff in this movie, <laughs> and um, and and there's a couple of scenes where you can feel that kind of that like you know homoerotic lesbian vibe going on between like the different female characters, as especially the one who's like the most you know de-sexed you know is mm-hmm. it just seems to bring it out in the other females in the movie <laughs> there's always one yeah there's this like the like the the one who's like oh they're like they just want they just want to bring it out of her mm-hmm. they just want to sex her up um so but yeah we have these just we have our we have a widow we have a woman who is stuck in a very abusive marriage to a man who is a drunk and then we have the kind of a showgirl um and mm-hmm. the performance scenes uh, that she has are um are very are very polished are very mm-hmm, like it feels mm-hmm. like you know like i don't know if they they must have had some kind of you know like you know bollywood consultants or something because it kind of it looks and feels it has the colors and the excitement of a bollywood scene but like a sexy bollywood yeah yeah and um so that was that that's in the acting is from these women is so fantastic oh absolutely each one of them is so convincing and so like you you know you were like oh okay like i totally get what your character is mm-hmm. you know like they're so good. They're great together. They're all, again, very natural, um, very dramatic. Mm-hmm. So much heart and soul in these performances. Um, so, uh, yeah, so great performances across the board and, and very bold of them to to do this movie. Uh, so are you giving it a binge it? No, for me, this is a consume moderation. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, like a, it's like a consume plus. You know, like I think this is the kind of movie that, like, I would recommend to people because I think it is ultimately it's inspiring. It's uplifting. You know, it's 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 a it's a good solid melodrama. It is still very much a kind of a paint by numbers melodrama, mm-hmm. but you know, it has great performances. It's beautifully shot. Oh, it's the cinematographer is the guy who won an Oscar for Titanic. It is it's filmed what? it's filmed by Russell Carpenter who, who shot Titanic. That's insane. So yeah, Oscar winning cinematography. Um and uh, yeah, so but it just it's just a little too um, simplistic and on the nose with its with its morals and its characters, but mm-hmm. but it's still a movie that I would warmly recommend. Excellent. Um, so Parched is out now. 
Uh, it's also not rated, um, but would probably get an R for nudity, sexuality, language, and a lot of violence. Yes. Trigger warning. It's very violent, very yeah. abusive. Mm-hmm. I mean, not violent like in a... Yeah, not like Quentin gory Tarantino violent. Way, yeah, like there's a, very... a lot of violence toward women. Yeah. Um, so those are our three weirdo movies this week. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, guys. I not really quite know how to sit with any of them. Oh. It was a hard road. It was a lot of work. Man, yeah. Emotional work. This was, yes, yes. We have been through it. And then we're ready to move past it. Um, so thank you so much for listening. Um, as always, you can subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud or whatever your podcast app is. Um, I am on Twitter. If you like basketball, you can find a lot of basketball tweets at, at Fight Balance. And Jason is at the Jason Leroy. Um, tune in next week when we have probably some more indies. Yeah, I think next week I think we're going to have the Neon Demon. Oh, exciting. Yes. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Binging on movies with Rebecca and Jason. You made it to the end. That's amazing. There, there goes, goes the, the binge. binge.